to the People's Show, coming to you live from the Kentech studio, Kentech, Canada's favorite orthotic provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet? What are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kentech.net. Vic Nazar here with you. Dom, Victor, behind the glass, running the show. You texting in to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. We will connect with Yannick Hansen off the top of the show here uh, fairly shortly. Uh, you know, post-football season, Tuesday is going to be looking a bit different. You'll hear Yannick at 3 o'clock uh, from now on rather than 3.30. Uh, but uh, plenty to get into. Have, have, have you stopped reeling from all the goals against from yesterday? 10 goals against? 17 goals. Oh, my goodness. I woke up just like the horn still going off in my head. Riccio walked in like uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, doing the strut. He's like, yeah. who else here has called 17-goal game before, boys? And no and, wins. And was very quick to also point out that there was a disallowed goal, too. He's like, ah, 18 goals. I don't know. When Riccio calls games, things happen. Things happen. That is wild. Watch Batch is going to call a nil-nil draw tonight <laughs> that just, heads into shootout. Just a defensive stout game that ends up in shootout. Like, 14-round shootout. Here comes Nikita Zadorov to win it at the death. That'd be fantastic. Having his Merrick Malik moment. Yeah, we can absolutely foresee that happening. Things, things regress hard. That'd be wild tonight as we get ready for a game day uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. Regular lineup, though. Yeah, we're talking about some people coming into the lineup and going out of the lineup. Our lineup, back to normal. Batch, uh, Randeep on the call, Sat and Dan uh, doing the pregame on TV as well. So they'll have that for you at uh, 5.30. 5 o'clock pregame show starts. And then myself and Sat the rest of the evening intermissions. And postgame all the way through uh, till 10.30 tonight against a, a big team. Colorado Avalanche is the thing that we talk about, uh, winning these games against uh, big-time teams. Uh, another opportunity for the Canucks after Saturday's game against Winnipeg. I thought they played well enough, uh, make some mistakes there in the third period, don't get the result, obviously. Makes things a lot tougher than uh, yesterday. Again, my, my head is still kind of spinning from yesterday with the officiating. And look, it's not the reason why they lost, obviously, but... For me, it just casts a shadow of doubt over the whole integrity of the game. When we see the early pick where Myers you know, gets away with one and then the Lindholm penalty and then the ref doesn't blow the whistle on that one, it just ah, it, it ruins a good game. And, and I thought even on Saturday, refs ruined a good game in both directions as well. Uh, you know, I just want to see more handling of the players but uh, or more handling of the players deciding the game. But what is it like to be on the ice uh, in those scenarios? I, I want to get into that uh, with Yannick Hansen, who uh, joins us as he does every Tuesday. Brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquillum, Magnuson Ford, and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. We go down the dispatch plumbing and heating uh, and air conditioning hotline. The first call, the only call to longtime NHL or former Vancouver Canuck, Yannick Hansen. Yannick, how are you? 
Yeah, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Or you? I should uh, say. Yeah, we're 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 doing all right here. Uh, a lot of energy in the market uh, after yesterday's game. You know, 17 goals scored in that game. I woke up today even just thinking about it. Like, I, I can't believe there was that many goals scored. Uh, I, I want to kind of go through the whole sequence of the game. Just just you as a player, and in, in moments in your career where maybe you felt moments like that when the tide was going against you. But I, I want to start on you know, one one talking point. It's not the reason they lost, but just the overall like officiating. And management of of a game when it comes to officials because the, there was the early goal that that Ian Cole scored and Tyler Myers, I, you know, in my opinion, gets away with a pick on that play and, and it looked kind of blatant to me. Doesn't get called the Canucks score and then there's a penalty later and Lindholm basically just touches up against the guy and it's called roughing on the PK. They go down five on three and the the, the Wild don't score, but from from an external view, you can feel okay. That's a makeup call. When, when you see one of those, what's going through your mind as a player? Yeah, I, you know the, the makeup calls. Uh, I know they're they're very touchy subjects because there has been instances where, like, you've heard a ref being caught on the mic. Uh, hey, um, something something's going to happen, and, and we're going to this stuff. But again, it's like they call what they see, and sometimes they make mistake, and they they don't have the benefit of of looking over minor minor penalties. Mm-hmm. It's different if it's a major. So so like. Uh, I get it if they blatantly miss something, but but I mean they, if they do that and they get caught uh, doing something like that, like they won't get another game either. Right. Um, so so it's not like they're gonna. Oh, I I I was uh, I was unfair to Minnesota here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be unfair to Vancouver as well. I can't believe that they work like that and they think like that. Um, they're human beings as well. Um, so, so that that makeup call—it's it, always something you. I don't know. It, it lingers in buildings because the uh, crowd gets on them and stuff like that. But, but, but then again, like it's, uh, it's very, very. It's not very often you see it where you can say point blank that thing is only because such and such happened right. prior. Um, like I say, sometimes they're, they're caught behind. They see a motion. They see a head snapping, whatever it might be, and stuff get called. They're looking over a goal by a goalie to the other side and all of these things. I know there are lots of guys out there, and that's why we have four refs. But like I said, the game is fast, and they're watching the pucks. They're watching the players and all of these things. So um, I tend not reading too much into this game management in that sense. So how often, or if ever, if it sounds like you didn't really believe in the idea that you know refs do make up calls, but it, were there moments when, when you feel like the, the avalanche of penalties or something like that changes your perception of how the game is being played in, in, in one particular game? Uh, well, sometimes refs just get enough of a team. I've played on teams... Uh, where we, we were like we, we just kept taking penalties, and it, it was our own fault. And mm-hmm. um, there's been a couple of these where we were racking up seven, eight, nine penalties, and the other team is only getting a couple. And you're thinking like, well, well, when 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 are we getting a power play? Um, and then you go back and you look over these these uh, penalties you're taking, and it, it's hard to put fingers on them uh, because it is a slash, it is a hook, it is a trip, um, it is a it's a boarding. Um, so, so, so that's where it's like it's when you're in it, you feel so uh, mistreated, wrong right. that you're getting all these penalties because it's fair and we have the puck just as much. Um, but maybe the other team just play on that right side of that line where where you're crossing it again and again. And and like I said, the refs just calling what they see 
and don't see a need to all of a sudden stop because, oh, we're feeling bad for the Vancouver Canucks now because of what they're doing. Um, and then again, yeah, yesterday it's, it's five on threes, five on threes, and then they end up scoring. I have a great uh, recollection of that in San Jose game, uh, game four, where we score three goals in that uh, uh, playoff series when we go to uh, go up three one in San Jose, and it's uh, it's three five on threes in a row, uh, and we're up three nothing, and, and we win that game because of that. But it's puck over the glass, it's high sticks. It's again, it, it wasn't something that San Jose could complain about because the, the penalties were there. Um, and it's just like it's small mistakes and again small mistakes when you're already down get, gets magnified and penalty kill has been a sore spot for, for a while in Vancouver it has been okay at times this year um, but it's kind of reverting back to here where we're, we're we're giving up power play goals every game a couple against Winnipeg uh, a bunch against many we got Colorado coming in so I, I, I don't want to be shorthanded uh, in that game either the, the the way I'm looking at this too, because you mentioned there, like in the heat of the moment, you probably feel one thing, and looking back on it, you you realize, okay, it was it was different. And we like to say from the outside, hey, handle the adversity, stay level headed. But it's 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 human emotions, right? You're you're feeling it in real time, and then you see that moment on the, that five on five that five five goal where the puck is under Casey to Smith, and it just feels like it's, it's, it casts a shadow of doubt over what the whole game was like. And that's when you look at it, it's like the whistle should go in that moment, and yet it feels like it piles on, and it's it's hard to reset yourself, I imagine, as an athlete in real time. Yeah, unless the ref sees it. If he sees it, he does. He can't blow the whistle. And sometimes the the view is a little bit different, but but back to the penalties. Like the penalties were only what three to three to six last night, so it's not like it was it was that screwed. They just ended up being uh, uh, what do you what do you say five on threes mm-hmm. and, instead of five on fours, and you kill them off and uh, you get some feel good for it. No, it, it wasn't that screwed. Um, and, and then we, we go back. Oh, a, a whistle that should have been blown. But how many times do we see these things where we coulda, woulda, shoulda, but it doesn't turn into anything? And now it did. And now it's everybody's up in a in a roar about it. Like you don't lose because they don't blow the whistle in that thing when you give up ten goals. But like there there is other things that we need to correct before we worry about whether or not the ref blow the whistle at the right time or not. Okay, that's the other thing. It's, it's it winds up being six goals in six minutes based on the end of the second period and through into the third period. When it's a sequence like that and nothing is going right, and, and let alone hey, the, the puck is hitting the post in, in the attacking end, the puck is ending up in your net with that level of frequency and you've just you've blown up a, a three-goal lead. They've come back. They've stormed to a three-goal lead themselves. Like, What are you thinking as a player in that moment? I don't know. I've never been in a game like that <laughs> in the, at, the, at that level. I, I've lost. Nine to two, I think, is one of the biggest one against Anaheim. Right. Yeah. Uh, under torch, and that's that's the most goals I've I've been a part of of given up, uh, and that obviously feels awful and terrible. I think we ended up the last six seven minutes of that game. We were we were five on three, um, so there were some things in that game as well. But it, it's again, this game you, you're like, even though he gave up ten goals, like you could have won that game. Mm-hmm. You were up. You came back. Empty netter. Like, like it's not like you were you were blown out, and you're like, what happened here? We went into Minnesota, and it's like they had ten guys on the ice, and uh, I don't know. It, it was the it was the dressing room cleaner who sharpened all our skates before we came here. Like these, no, like you, you were there. You had a chance to win. You're scoring goals. Uh, 
guys are feeling good because they're producing. Yeah, it's not fun to be scored upon, but like again, offenses players want to go, and and they got a chance to go last night. They got a chance to score, uh, score in bunches. So 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 again, it's. It, ten goals sucks. There's no question about that, and it, it sucks for the Smith too because he's been so good. Uh, and this thing ruins his stat tremendously in a lot of different ways and records and all these things. And uh, you don't want to be a part of that. But again, uh, move on. Like like you have a heck of a game coming up here, uh, a statement game where when we talked last week, we we wanted to see how are we going to do against Winnipeg, how are we going to do against Colorado let's find a way to play a game here. Let's find a way to win. And if we win, nobody gives a hoot about what happens against Winnipeg, what happens in, in Minnesota, because we just beat potentially the one of the best teams in the West. So so that's where your your mindset is here. You don't even need to look at the video. The video is ugly. There's no question about that. There's going to be a ton of individual mistakes, ton of selfish mistakes, uh, and all of these things. Blow past it chalk it up to whatever you want as a coaching staff here uh, because of the importance of, of the game coming up. So, like, move on uh, and don't worry about it. Uh, laugh about it a week from now that, that we played that game and then three hat-tricks and all these things and, and let, let, let bygones be bygones. Do you remember a game in Carolina, 8-6? Um, similar circumstance, the Carolina scored a bunch of goals coming into the third period. Oh, uh, it, it might ring a bell, but I'm going to need more than, uh, do you remember, 8-6 against Carolina? Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but again, it, it, it's one of those things where, like, like for an offensive-minded player, like the, that's fun. Right. Coaches hate it. But, but like, everybody, when, when a week down the road, like, everybody's got a couple more points on their on their sheet, and, like, it's feeling a little bit better, and, and it's just two points. So it's, like, it's not... It's not like you're getting so down on yourselves as if you're getting absolutely shellacked and you're losing seven nothing or something like mm-hmm. that, uh, and it's getting blown. No, this one was back and forth, and like, are you not entertained yesterday? Were were you not entertained mm-hmm. when you're watching that game? So it's like it, it's it's fun as long as it's not all the time and every night, and you you can't win a hockey game because you you give up uh, yeah, touchdowns here and there. So it, it's it's. Hopefully it's one of those freak games, and, and that's what it is. Um, and like I said, then you can just move on. Uh, I'm just looking at the box score from that game. It was December 2016. Uh, Canucks scored four goals in the second period, and then into the third period, uh, Carolina ends up scoring five in a row uh, in that stretch there. Yeah, too many hits. Too many <laughs> hits for me to remember that. Uh, talking to Yannick Hansen, who joins us here on Tuesdays. Uh, okay, so actually, well, one other question was just about the whole sequence and everything. Um, when, when people from the outside say, try to stay level-headed, do, do you kind of push back on that because of how tough it is? That's, you, that's the only way to do it. Otherwise, you're going to get uh, mentally exhausted by November. Um, you, you cannot... Uh, worry so much uh the highs and lows are are so <laughs> they're so earth shattering if you will right like like the best way to put it is in the playoffs when you go into a playoff round and you win a game the next morning you feel like you're a feather you glide around on the ice everything is good you shoot hard you're passing crisp ice is phenomenal you like nothing can go wrong now that night you play, you lose, 
and it's like I missed four hours of sleep. Uh, like I'm waking up and I'm dragging and I was like, what, what's going on here? Like, did they do something with the ice? My skates are hanging. Like, it's just that, 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 that thing, if you can't, if you can't stay level headed and not get too up and down, you will go through this cycle all throughout the season. And, and in the playoff, it's obviously a lot harder to do than it is in, in the regular season. But, but if you do not manage to do it in the regular season, it will wear you out. It will wear you down to the point where you can't function. So, so you have to find a way. Like a lot of times when we played games, uh, like the wins, like I, I didn't give a, it's two more points, let's move on. Who's next? Right. Um, we, we, we don't like losing, so, so despise that, and, and that, that sucks. But like you're trying not to uh, get too much uh, hooting and hollering when you win because it like it puts you all the way up there and then you get pulled all the way down there. You, you've got to find a way to like that uh, the wave you have there. Keep it keep it a little more steady so you, you're not getting all the way down on yourself, on the team, on our abilities, on our uh, where we're going from now. And, and the same thing when you're winning. Um, try not to uh, get, get hyped up too much because it's again you're coming down from that. Um, so it's two ways where you're trying to keep yourself up and then again pulling yourself a little bit down because it's like the next loss is probably just around the corner. And again, it sucks. We didn't get the points, but, but again, we just want to move on next game, next points. Um, and then we move on because it, it, it's a marathon, the regular season, and you got to get through it and we got to get through it health wise. Um, so we have uh, some sort of, of energy when playoff comes around, but but also mentally. Uh, and again, be, being able to to function and not worry about oh I haven't scored uh, in mm-hmm. so and such longs and and all of these things. And it's just compounding. And that's where that level had it coming in that you're you're not getting too down on yourself and you're not getting too high either. Did you train for that at all? Like any mental training? Like we spent so much time on you know technique and stuff like that and, and physical. Uh, physical ability did you train the mental side at all no we had nothing none of that it started coming later on uh, gillis started bringing in some stuff but but like it was later on all these uh, mental coaches sleep uh, all this stuff got got introduced uh, the first many years when when i played uh, no you 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 shut up you wake up and you play that, that's about it uh, and then you just go about uh, like even in the beginning like when you got when you got your bell rung, it was funny. Mm-hmm. The guys were giggling, laughing. <laughs> Look at this guy's legs. Like, you're not doing that anymore. So, so the game changed so much in terms of understanding, but also in terms of what players needed. Um, and that's just one of those things. The whole mental side of the game got a, a huge boost over the last, I don't know, 10, 5, 10 years uh, from before where it was negligent. There was none of that. It was uh, get yourself in peak physical position um, uh, and, and then go play. Uh, and if you can't, uh, next man up. Uh, and that's just the way it was. Um, where now there's a little more attention to the well-beings and how we actually, how, how the player functions uh, in, in total and not just their, their on-ice performance. Talking to Yannick Hansen here uh, on the People Shows we do on Tuesdays. The the, the funny bit of, of these last two games here, Yannick, is I, I think they've played well five-on-five, five, right? Like the Winnipeg game was really closely contested. They make a couple of mistakes, obviously, in the third period. But they end up scoring five goals at five-on-five five yesterday, and, and they, they score seven goals. You'd expect to win that game. Do you still look at it and say, hey, they, are, they, they played well over these two games as we measure them against different competition here? 
I really like the Winnipeg game um, from a fan's perspective, and and you're looking at it that had it had playoff feel to it. It was skilled. It was physical. It was somewhat violent. Um, especially teams comes through. Uh, you, you win that battle, you win the game, uh, and that was the that was the difference maker at the end of the night. Um, and that's where it comes down. Where we we have to find a way to win these games. That's why Colorado got to find a way to win this game to, to prove that you can, you can show up and you can man up and you can win a game when you have to. Um, and you're going to get a couple of these opportunities um, again after Colorado. I think to go to Seattle, um, and then you have Boston again, uh, and that's another one of these where like, can we? You got to win this one. The two points are just as important as the nights before against Seattle. But but the Boston game is the one we got to show up for here in terms of of this is a statement game kind of thing. So so that's where you, you're starting to look at these. And again, Winnipeg it was a great game. They played good. Um, uh, got a little bit hungry on a couple of guys where you, you take yourself out of position in order to make a hit. I think it was Nor Jolson mm-hmm. uh, who steps up. And then I don't know, like in, in this instance, it, it's about communication. And when you're watching the game, I can't see that. But but he's supposed to either call off Garland uh, or, or tell Garland to, Garland to to stay with him because Garland is back checking. He can't see. I think it's Shifley coming behind him. So Nor Jolson has to tell him, hey, I got I got the guy. Take the trailer. And then he'll just peel off. But Garland keeps back checking, uh, and then you step up and hit, and now he just slides the puck in, and the guy scoots right by you. So that's that's like small mistakes, but small mistakes in, in a game like that, where it comes down to one or two mistakes, that that's the difference in, in the game. Um, so, so again, uh, that that's where it's like, yeah, you played a great game. It was a good game. Um, it, it had playoff intensity um, in terms of how you played, how you performed, the caliber of team you're playing against, their, uh, uh, what they brought to the table as well. Um, but, but again, we need the results. Uh, and the, sol- the results is going to start to matter a lot more than the process. I- in the regular season, we talk about a lot about the process. We've got to play the right way. Right way, um, points will come. We will start playing better. In the, in the playoff, you need results. It, four games and you're done. If you don't get results, it's over with. That being said, we obviously need to be playing well, but but it is going to be turning a little bit more towards the result based, mm-hmm. and that's where I want these wins now against these statement games. Like show up, find a way to win these games, uh, no matter what it takes, and that's where the the only fault I can put on this team through the entire season that's the their ability to to win these key matchup games, whatever they have been. Um, throughout the season against uh, top of the league or, or special games, uh, all the Hughes brothers are together playing for the first time. Show up, win this game for, for him. Um, you know there's a little bit extra on the line. Uh, Toronto, uh, on a Saturday night, uh, the whole country, country is watching. Win this game. Show the best uh, game you possibly have as a Canuck uh, and then get a result. Um, but that's that's the only only thing they've kind of faulted on, in, in my opinion, so far, where they've been excellent in a lot of different areas and, and succeeded, but, but they haven't found a way to really, really convince me, us, um, that, hey, yeah, I know we're at the top of the, the standings right now, but are we the best team in the league? Um, that That's kind of the question that lingers. Uh, before we let you go, uh, it seems like Arshdeep Baines will get his uh, first uh, game in the NHL. Um, you had a different experience of being the playoffs, so your, your first entry. Um, 
what do you like? Did you feel like that was the big moment, or was it the regular season one? And and what was going through your mind? Yeah, I didn't know there was a big all of the, both of them. I should say both the in the playoff you were. I didn't know what to expect, obviously. And then you, you skate out to the white towel waving, and I was like, "What is going on here?" Um, and you're kind of like, "Is this surreal? Is this real? Or am I am I lying in my bed in Winnipeg dreaming here, and I'm going to wake up a couple minutes from now?" Uh, but no, it's it's so special, uh, and you're trying to enjoy it. Uh, but then, as soon as the puck drops, you just start playing, and you play the way you've been taught and then, then it kind of just goes through it and then it's not until you get home to your hotel room and you sit a couple of, a couple hours later and you start thinking about what actually happened that that it, it really turns on and clicks and like, like the regular season was, was the same thing when you got that first call up um, those two and then when you've when you feel like you've arrived that that those are those are special uh, and when I mean arrived that's when you're I'm an NHL player now I'm not just a uh, a call up or or a fill in. If you were to take someone out of the lineup, do you have a candidate uh, for him to come in? There, there's lots of options. I mean, you're you'd probably dip down in the wingers uh, and and then give him an easier easier access in that way. Um, but but again, it it seems like there have been a a lot more rotation. Um, mm-hmm. If I know him, he's a little more physical, right? Uh, a little bit, yeah, uh, yeah. Of a player, yeah, big motor. So, so I, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd want him to get some minutes. So I, if you have room for him, I would prefer not to bury him on the fourth line and give him eight minutes. Um, that being said, you are in Colorado, and it's not an easy, easy yeah. place to play. Uh, so some protection, but again, if when you, you need ice time in order to to kind of get into a groove. Uh, so, so again, there, there's, there's no hiding in Colorado. That's the problem. You're, you're going to be exposed one way or another. Yannick, you're fantastic as always. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. There he is, a uh, long-time NHLer, former Vancouver Canuck, joining us on Tuesday's presentation of Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Pork Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford, and Absurd on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Just fantastic as always uh, from Yannick. Hansen as he joins us uh, on Tuesdays here on the People Show, Fridays on Canuck Central with Satyar Shaw and Dan Riccio. I'll pose that to you as well, 650-650. Uh, it seems like Archie Spains is going to get his uh, NHL debut tonight in Colorado. Someone's got to come out. Uh, who are you doing it for? 650-650. Text in. Who's coming out for you? Make the case why someone should get the scratch uh, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. And uh, as he mentioned, hey, these big games... Uh, these are the ones that uh, people want to see the Canucks win and, and stake their claim to the top of the standings. Uh, so get your thoughts on what's going to happen tonight against the Colorado Avalanche as we get set for puck drop later tonight at 6 o'clock here on Sportsnet 650. Back in a minute with your thoughts uh, here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. not one you usually roll out, is it? That's funky. I see you working. Look at that. Take the baseline for a walk there. 
All right. Good work there. Behind the glass. Dom, Victor running the show. I'm vibing now. Uh, 6.50, 6.50. Hopefully you're vibing too. Getting ready for a game day versus the Colorado Avalanche. Indicators indicating uh, maybe Archdeep Baines gets into the lineup. What are you laughing about back there? Indicators indicating. Hey, what, what, what's wrong with that? The indicators are pointing towards. It could be signaling. They could be doing a number of things. The, the signals are signaling. That That's literally their function. The, the indicators of, hey, might be Archdeep Baines in the lineup tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, number 80 could be uh, in the lineup tonight. I was asking you, 650, 650. Who do you want to see uh, come out of the lineup? Uh, varied opinion. And, and and this is what I, you know, the, I think there's a couple of candidates, PDG, Nozomon, and then the one some people are texting about are Ilya Mikheyev. Now, Mikheyev yesterday, we pointed this out in the postgame show, in a game where, you know, the, the penalty kill was in such focus and, and necessary to try to get a stop there, stop the bleeding in a moment in that third period. Ilya Mikheyev winds up playing uh, 15-37. None of those minutes come shorthanded. That's supposed to be, you know, Big part of Ilya Mikheyev's value is playing shorthanded. That, that, that's where he can thrive and doesn't feature there yesterday. I get it. Five on three. Is that his spot? Probably not. But JT Miller getting a plenty of usage. Uh, buck 24 yesterday. But nevertheless, there's going to be a lot of text coming in. 650-650 as they are coming in now is uh, Ilya Mikheyev. He's been invisible. If he's not missing the net or fanning on shots, I would bump him. That one's coming in from Richard into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. You know, the, the point of creating all those chances, you would say, hey, he's going to get one, and at least he's on the right side of a lot of opportunities. Yeah, he had a breakaway the other game, didn't convert it. I, I thought I, I do think he's been playing better than the general consensus is right now. I know he's not producing, and you know that, that, that casts a shadow over what his overall contribution is, totally. Appreciate that and understand that, but you know he is playing some minutes here, and it seems like his standing is a lot higher than some of the other guys. Certainly, you could go to the fourth line and look at a Sam Lafferty, look at a Nils Ullman or PDG, and those guys aren't getting in the same amount of minutes. Not they're they're playing right now, obviously, but PDG ends up playing nine minutes and ten seconds yesterday. Sam Lafferty, 9 minutes and 43 seconds yesterday. Nils Oman, 7 minutes and 10 seconds yesterday. And his shorthanded usage dipped yesterday as well, 36 seconds. But he has carved out a little bit of a PK role for himself uh, in his games this year. So he has a certain level of importance to this lineup. I, I, I look at this and the obvious one to me is... Phil DiGiuseppe, and and maybe it's Sam Lafferty with the, you know nine minutes and forty three seconds yesterday. But I, I you know seven minutes and ten seconds for Nils Oman. I, I think that might be the the one uh, that, that they look at as you know he's he's equally as I don't want to say unnoticeable, but I, I think Ilya Mikheyev has done here more recently five on five than uh, some guys on that fourth line. And we'll see ultimately where Archdeep Baines, you know, lines up if he does uh, go in. This one, 650-650. What about Garland, Bluger, and Baines? Well, that's what kind of what Yannick was mentioning there of, you know, don't necessarily want to see him get pumped into the lineup just for seven, eight minutes in the environment of Colorado. Not just because it's a good team, which they are, obviously. You're on a back-to-back. How is your team going to respond here, too? But also... uh, 
if, if your team has some tired legs and you're, you know, here's Archie Baines coming in, imagine a lot of adrenaline, a lot of energy you would expect as well. Naturally, it's how he plays. If he is surrounded by a bunch of tired legs, man, that is going to be a tough environment uh, for him to play in. Is he going to get more than uh, 10, 8 minutes when they are slumping in a potential spot here? Or, you know, and, and, and this is the thing we're all looking at, the big games. Here's another marquee opponent. Are you going to get two points? And do you put some some doubt to bed for some fans? And, and I think maybe media alike of how do they play against big teams. Now, we've detailed. I've spent some time talking about this. 10-5-2 now against the teams, the next best you know, 10 teams in the league. Florida, Boston, Rangers, Dallas, Winnipeg, Carolina, Edmonton, Colorado, Vegas, uh, Toronto. That's the the next 10 best point percentage. We're, we're dipping down a little bit because Vancouver are the uh, number one. But but they go 10-5-2 against those teams. The ones everyone's going to focus on are Boston, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vegas, so if you get one of those tonight against Colorado, how much is that changing perception for you? Again, I, I thought they played well on Saturday. Winnipeg ends up being a loss, obviously, but the type of game you look at and say will translate against other teams. But they've beaten a Dallas. They beat Edmonton, I guess, in the wrong time of the year. Edmonton were going through all their struggles, and it's 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 not as impressive to beat them then is the claim, but it's, it's the same players. It's the same players beating them earlier in the season. Yeah, they've had issues. I get it. It just feels like it's picking and choosing of, of when they're a good team then. 650-650. Uh, who's coming out of the lineup for you? More thoughts uh, coming to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Oman out. Baines on the second line. Uh, wanting to see with Miller and Besser and Pew Suter to the fourth line. I do want to see that at some point. Pew Suter, like what a qualified uh, solid player. His contributions this season uh, by you, the fans, have certainly not gone unnoticed. But when this team's at its peak and Joshua comes back, maybe they would go make another trade. That's the guy who I think will thrive in that fourth line spot all over again. You'll see potentially like a Garland, Bluger, Joshua Light version of that line when Pew Suter goes back into that fourth line spot. Uh, but I, I will say that that line yesterday was probably the best line. The Miller Besser Suter line yesterday with the with the way JT Miller was going, Brock Besser probably deserved more points yesterday. The amount of work he put in front of the net on screens uh, deserved more points. Engineered one on the Cole one. He's the one in front of the net. He's the one in front of the net on the Miller power play goal. Uh, he was doing fantastic work. So I get it. You want to put uh, Baines in a spot where he can really thrive, but I, I don't really see a spot where. Uh, Suter, based on what he did yesterday, uh, should slide down the lineup as much as I want to see it uh, at some point. Karn the Plumber, take out PDB, PDG, uh, move Ilya to the fourth line, put Archdeep Baines on the third line there with Bluger and Garland. I'll see. Good to see uh, Garland uh, as well back in, uh, well, not back in, but uh, okay after what happened uh, yesterday. Uh, this one, 650-650. So you lose to the Oilers through their heater. Does that mean it doesn't count too? Right now, Oilers aren't doing great again. Yeah, again, it, it's picking and choosing. Do you just look at the talent on the team and say, well, you did beat them at some point. Uh, that's what it counts for uh, with those three early victories. <laughs> Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen uh, texting in. Dan Riccio is out. Just kidding. Uh, that one's from Chef Swagger. Dan Riccio's never out. Always first pick. 
Oh, it's first pick. Yes, he's not in the the lineup for the game broadcast, but in my heart, Dom, in my heart, Dan Riccio is always an early pick. We 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 trade back to get the likes of Dan Riccio. Sometimes. Uh, this one, uh, PDG or Lafferty makes the most sense to come out see if Baines uh, can make a case to take their role. Is this something you want to see long term? That's the other part of RT Baines. You know, it, it's. I would love it if this was the only call up, right? He's permanent NHL fixture. Now you got to win the role and you got to earn the role and keep the role, of course. I still wonder if it's better served. Uh, just a little reward here. At some point, go back down, finish off the season with the Abbey Canucks. There's their playoff run and contribute there. And then if you're a black ace in the spot, but hey, if, if he's fantastic tonight. Maybe he gets a little bit of a runway here through uh, the end of February into the trade deadline. What a problem solved that would be. Not that he's going to be the top six contributor, but if you get another depth body in there, solves another issue. Solves another issue. And and yeah, I, I see the Mikheyev text uh, coming in. Uh, <laughs> I would sit Mikheyev on signed text here. I just... Is, is is the demand that much that it's like he's got to score? He's doing functional things on the ice. You think they just don't want to piss Stan Milstein off again? Sure. <laughs> we're, we're, are we you that already worried? already had one of his clients straight But, in. like, are we really that worried? Because the benefit is supposed to be like, – I say oh, it tongue-in-cheek. No, I, I know. But you know what? It's not an unfounded thought from a lot of fans. Be like, oh, you can't do this. I imagine there's going to be a lot of fans thinking that way. Of like here, here's a, a good relationship you have with the, an agency and an agent, and how many times are you gonna dispatch one, one of their players? players. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, the whole point of the relationship and the benefit of having you know so some some contractual negotiations go your way and some players filter towards you is for those guys to perform. You have to get the reward out of it. So this idea, it's like oh, you got to be concerned about how the relationship goes. If the guys aren't playing, what are you concerned about? If the guys aren't performing, your 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 loyalty is to the crest and to the fans, not to hey, we really got to worry about the agent. And I, I really like Dan Milstein. So about Dan Milstein, just like D- do your job. Your job is to build a winner. If the players aren't performing, uh, that that the benefit of the relationship is mitigated in a big way. I'm just picturing Rick talking as like some personal vendetta until unless. Un- Against Gold Star, <laughs> but it's very it's like very private. He doesn't let anyone know about it. Oh man, Dan Milstein's face on like a dartboard at home. He just like he has his own burner account just yeah. to get the thoughts out. Yeah, and he's like, oh, but it's, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> uh, if you can sit five uh, million dollars, or if you can sit Kuzminko five times, you can sit uh, Mikheyev. Yeah, you absolutely can. I I just think Mikheyev's point was playing like f- way better than Andre Kuzminko was. Because Manko was, like, actively bad hurting you at times. By the way, Kuzmenko, fourth line last night. Surprise, surprise. Go figure. Like, was McCabe even on for a goal against yesterday? I'd have to look it back up here. I feel like he wasn't. I'll do it. You talk. Yeah, because he, he – no, he was definitely – I looked at it yesterday. He, he wasn't a, a minus or a plus for that matter. Um, but if you can bring it up that if he was on ice for a goal against at all yesterday – uh, I don't believe he was. See, like, actively bad is, like, hurting your team and goals against. I know we talk about this with Pedersen. And people like to say, oh, he's bad. He's he's never going to be the type of player that you want and all these things. And 
there have been games when he's turned the puck over and that have led to goals. You cannot dispute that. But bad to me is like hurting your team. If you just don't score on the other end, that happens sometimes. You don't convert chances. That happens sometimes. But, you know, Elias Pettersson's sitting here with plus 16 and 73 points. How, how many games do you look at over the course of a season where he's, you know, been the result of goals against and you have lost? That, to me, is like actively bad, which is why I tend to push back. Uh, Dom, you uh, got a number there? He's a zero, but I'm trying to look through each oh, okay. goal and see if he was on the ice. Yeah, no. I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. But that's why. That's why I just I, I push back on some of the Mikheyev stuff because – uh, if, if he's still decent in his own end, he's still contributing. It's just not uh, the demand people want to see when Ilya Mikheyev is uh, pulling down four and change. You got to be able to produce. And no doubt to the production for Ilya Mikheyev is uh, is dire. But he gets an assist against Winnipeg. There's there's a big game player there. Assist versus Winnipeg. Uh, three points in the last 16 for Ilya Mikheyev. Not good enough uh, for... Everyone, and certainly for you in the inbox, 650, 650. All right. Massa won tonight. But uh, I want to spend, we were we were talking about this uh, before the show. You guys were watching uh, Champions League matches today? As we do. I, I, I was focused on the uh, the Premier League this morning. Uh, watching. We, were, we were too. Yeah. But uh, all right, who was playing the Champions League today? It was Dortmund. Inter and Atletico. All right. And Dortmund played PSV. PSV, that was the match, right? So th- there's a complaint going around right now about Champions League that it's boring, that it's uh, not exciting. exciting with the lack of away goals. Yeah, but is it the lack of away goals, or is it just it, it hasn't been as gripping this year? Could be a little column A, column B, column B. I'm not sure what it is, but even today, like I knew there was Champions League matches, and I was looking at it, it's like, you know what? I, I I don't know. I don't know if this one's for me. For me. Dortmund had a had the draw mm-hmm. against PSV today. It was the dying minutes of the match. Mm-hmm. Talking like 80th minute through to the 96th. And Dortmund just had zero push forward. It was almost like they were content just to lock up shop, nil-nil. Yeah. Nil. Or 1-1 and one, just one. go home. That that's that's not exciting. It's not exciting. And the away goals for for folks that don't know, we used to see it before that if you, an away goal is basically worth Waited one and a two half. Waited two to one, yeah, yeah, two to one, or however you want to call it. Yeah. If, if you draw and you got the more away goals, that to me was the the thing, the decider, and it pushed teams forward because you did the harder task. You scored more uh, in in the other team's barn, and so it adds it, excitement. It it adds a little bit of a quirk. It, yeah. It's a little bit of this. It it's like the ante in poker. It's like you're invested in it. It's worth you go try a little bit more because the reward is so huge. And if you can go get that goal, and we're just seeing lower and lower uh, event games, it seems like, in the Champions League, which is dispiriting because it's the best. It's supposed to be the best. But now it's it's similar to – I have a problem with, like, OTs in general right now. I've been making this claim that we're not getting exci- – it's certainly in hockey. In hockey? We're not getting in exciting. In general. We're not, uh, in general. I'll get to that in a second. But, like, we're not getting exciting overtimes in hockey anymore. Because we've removed like the element of like go for it. Everyone's playing cautious. Everyone's playing cautious, and it's just not as fun. And three on three is so manipulated now, and it's like, well, just wait for the perfect shot, the one on one. We're 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 disincentivizing the the urgency to go win in regulation. Yeah. And now this this away goals thing too. It's it's exciting when teams go push for it rather than lock up shop, knowing hey, second leg is back in my place. Hmm. I'll I'll just wait to see if I can go get that goal and and we can go get the win then. But the the, the three on three overtime to me is a big one too. Of 
Your 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 job is to win the game, not to win it in OT. Like go win in regulation. And so we're seeing like the last seven minutes in a tie game in the NHL is cautious hockey. Very cautious hockey. When you should be, we should be pushing the idea of go get the two points in regulation. But we we've, we've we've made rules to not do it that way. So we've came up with the idea of scrap a seven game series, <laughs> go to eight. <laughs> And count away goals. Yeah, some series style. Yeah. Can weighted away goals. Can you imagine? Going into the final game of the series, you're down four away goals. <laughs> you're in their barn. Canucks at Toronto, Stanley Cup Finals, yeah. game eight. You got to get four goals. <laughs> but the crazy thing would be like, so let's say the Canucks club back three. Mm-hmm. Toronto then knows that if they get scored on, they would need two. Yeah. If you know the task at hand, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, six fifty, six fifty. Wrapping up the show here. Uh, we need a shot clock in hockey for OT. Yeah, that could. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah, I feel that like it'd would be really be great. Do you enforce or, it on or, rebounds or, or like, like over and back? You know how they do that in the NBA. Yeah, like give me the, something like that. That I would be for. Um, do you uh, do you reset the shot clock on rebounds or or like what do you do? Yeah. So like every shot, it just goes loads up back to twenty yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the technology, big <laughs> advanced stat tracking. We have the technology. Uh, six fifty, six fifty. Uh, so all those giveaways Pedersen has in overtime haven't hurt the team. There have been games, obviously, where Elias Pedersen has been at fault, but the games where he has like no points and wasn't on the ice for for a goal against, people are like, oh, this guy's the worst ever. It, it, it's. Not as unfounded. Or it's unfounded. It is in a big ones. night for him. Big players step up in big games. Yeah. Now, Elias Patterson historically against uh, Colorado. Point uh, per game player. Yeah, 13 points in 12 games, I believe yeah. it was. So he's done some some good stuff against Yeoman's. Colorado. Yeoman's. Yeoman's work. Is it Yeoman's work when you're the star player? It's hockey. It's always Yeoman's work? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But you know when, when the yeoman's work implies like it's it's like hard, solid work. It, it, it's hockey. But it's it's yeah. But, but everyone's doing yeoman's work in that spot. Exactly. Dan Riccio did yeoman's work. Just like yes, he did on the fly. I got to jump in. Seventeen goal game. Substitute. Yeah, seventeen goal game, and you're wearing out your voice. But it's that's, yo- it's yeoman's work yeoman's because work. you're the star player in a big game. So there's more on your shoulders. Fair enough. Fair enough. You uh, got to admit, there is more pressure on his shoulders tonight, even if he doesn't feel it. Like I doubt, I doubt Patterson's going into this game and like, man, well, hang a lot on. of pressure if, if on me today. It, if he doesn't feel it, how is there more pressure on his shoulders? From the fans, there's more pressure. I would say the fans are creating more pressure. There's yeah. not necessarily more pressure on his shoulders. Well, he's the one asking for twelve point five per year. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you want you want big money, Bick. You show mm-hmm. up in the big games against the big teams. <laughs> Uh, so, so if, if he sucks during the regular season against the big games, against the big teams, but he does it's okay. It's a red flag. If he does okay in the playoffs, it's like, oh, all right, then. Well, no, those are also big games. Oh, okay. Those okay. are those are bigger games. So, again, it's we're, we're basically just waiting for the playoffs is essentially what we're waiting for. Yes. Fast forward but to in the meantime, April. In the meantime, hang out for games 58 to 82 with us here uh, on the People Show and on Sportsnet 650, uh, Canucks Central. Uh, on the way, Dane Riccio. Uh, and Satya Shah. TV pregame at 530. And a Donnie Tuesday. And what? A Donnie Tuesday. Donnie Tuesday, because there was no show yesterday. Yeah. With the uh, early start in President's Day and Family Day. All right. 
Good stuff in the inbox. Nice work. 650, 650. Keep them coming uh, with uh, Canucks Central. On the way! Here on Sportsnet 650.